welcome back to Let's Get Haunted with your host, Nat Strong and Allie. Welcome back, guys, to episode 124. 124. Welcome back, guys, to episode 124 of Let's Get Haunted. It is the first episode of Spooky Season. This is really, like, not the first episode of Spooky Season. I feel like the majority of the haunties... I can speak for them when I say spooky season started the first day that you didn't sweat your balls off. That's true. Also, spooky season, if you're listening to Let's Get Haunted every Wednesday, might just be every Wednesday. Yeah, yeah, that's a great point. But officially, the rest of the basics have caught up and they are now prepared to sip on fall themed libations and wear chunky scarves and talk about uh spookies. Yeah. <laughs> I just am always reminded of the meme of those like 12 girls wearing the exact same I thing know. standing side by side. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know what's really funny? I know what meme you're talking about, but for those of you who don't, uh, who are not chronically online, let us tell you what it is. It's basically 12 like sorority girls. They all have like the same hair length and or color. It's like a balayage, ombre, root smudge. Anyone who knows what that is, you'll just be laughing because the specificity of it, it just tells you who they are. And they're all wearing like a chunky knit sweater with like skinny jeans and like knee high flat boots and they're all sipping on probably like a pumpkin spice latte or something right right and it's just like can't wait for fall and the joke is that like they're basic right but the top comment on one of those memes i read one time which made me laugh but it also is so true is like i bet they're happy yeah (laughs) i know anytime you ever feel the urge to make fun of someone for being basic just be like wow they're they're happy." happy being basic right well the world is made for them imagine if every facet of your life was like agreeable with you right right like oh my god my favorite fucking place is on every corner wow i can get my type of food that i like at Every place. You're right. It's literally the best life. All of their children are named McKaylee, Johnson, Leanne, Stokes the Third. Unless and it's unless they're gender male, then their name is Turquoise Teal. Uh, that's it. Turquoise no, I, Teal. I think they're all named McKaylee. I think it's regardless. I think it's just it's one of those names that people are just drawn to. If you wear a chunky sweater, I know you're drawn to that name and we're here for it. Yeah. Wow. Well, Natalia, what have you been up to lately? <sighs> a lot. What have you been up to? <laughs> I got a new phone. I This actually happened a couple episodes ago, but I forgot to talk about it. I am officially no longer in the iPhone 7 club, which I know a lot of you will be very relieved to hear because maybe that means the quality of TikToks coming to the TikTok account for Let's Get Haunted will be slightly better yeah. than the video of me eating corn in the middle of a field. Um with the video stopping and starting at random times. I liked that video. I thought that was like very exciting. I was laughing very hard and I was disappointed though because nobody commented on my hat and the hat was what I was most excited to show everybody. What was the hat? It just says safety meeting with a question mark after it. 
And I just thought it was really funny. Oh, I didn't notice the hat. I feel like there was so much going on in the <laughs> video that like people didn't notice that. You know? Right. Yeah, that's true. It, well, that's that's why the caption I chose was there's a lot of layers to this TikTok because the longer you look at it, the more absurd it gets. First of all, there's corn in my mm-hmm. teeth. There, oh, there was? Yeah. Oh, I didn't even see that. Oh, I didn't even notice when I uploaded it. I literally, it was the one, it was not thought out. It was just like film me eating corn, film the field, come back to me. And then I uploaded it. It, it right. was like a very swift movement. And then later I was looking at it and I was like, yes, there's corn in my teeth. And the video is corn really bad in my quality. Teeth doing thought shit. That's right. <laughs> That's right. And if you guys would like to follow us on TikTok, you can do so by following at Let's Get Haunted. I would also like to make this a call to action for people to join our subreddit, r slash Let's Get Haunted, because I am on Reddit more than any other app, according to my screen time app on my phone. Mm. And I'm constantly cross posting creepy, scary stuff stuff that I find to r slash let's get haunted. So I would love to see you all there. Yeah. If you so desire. Yeah. So it's just super weird that your phone got better. Mine just shattered the other day. Look at this. Finally. Wait, where's the shatter? I don't see a shatter. Uh, compared to yours, no, but. Yeah. Oh, now I see. Okay. All right. Yeah. I see it, a little bit. It's a good shatter. It's all over the screen, but yeah. they're like, it's like spider. I feel like when I look at it straight on, it's hard to see. It just makes everything fuzzy because yeah. it's like 95% of the screen is cracked, but they're it's like really small spider it's web. It's very fine. Yeah, yeah. Fine cracks, not like chunks of glass missing. Yeah. Not which is yet. good because then hopefully you won't like cut your finger open while you're sliding right. it across the glass. We'll get there. Yeah. Not yet. Give, <laughs> give it, it like time. A, yeah. Give, give it, it a couple time. weeks. But I don't want to go through the process of getting a new phone because I have all of my pictures of baby on there, baby Enzo, and I like need to transfer them over or something before I do that okay so i have a refurbished iphone 11 because if you guys tuned in a couple episodes ago i talked about this like divergent man who was uh like ready to put on a helmet and like take me across the matrix threshold i don't know what the movie divergence is about but that's what i imagine it to be yeah i think so i remember one time they're like swinging and they're gonna okay she's on a (laughs) zip line and she's like not supposed to hit a wall but she hits it or the opposite she's supposed to hit the wall but she doesn't oh so so we're not sure which but it was a big moment in the film yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. okay well that man uh, for sure he's he's hitting the wall or busting through it yes and however he was wrong so when i went back to at&t to make my insurance claim first of all he he would like not come help me and i know he remembered me because of the situation the unique situation i was in that he was like no 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 let me do you a favor so he won't help me he won't look at me i'm like hey that's the guy i talked to last time can i see him again and he's just avoiding me so then another guy comes up to me and is like all right what's the situation i have to explain the entire thing all over again but i don't want to get that guy in trouble so i'm like modifying the story to be like no i i came in because i thought my phone was gonna die and i got an insurance plan and whatever you know right and then the guy's like oh that that's not how that works the new guy that was helping me, he's like, that's not how that works. You can't just like get insurance and then make a claim on a phone that AT&T thinks you're not using anymore. And then you're like, that was a test. And Well, I was very angry and I was being very chill for the situation going on in my brain. And I was like, are you sure? He's like, yeah. And I was like, OK, can you go talk to the guy that talked to me last time? Because I've been now a month without a phone Mm -hmm. and he was like oh no i can't really do it and i said well can you at least can you try to process the insurance claim for me and see what it says and he's like oh all right and he like gets out a laptop and he 
looks it up on, and he's like, no, it says I can't do it for you, that you would have to call. And I was like, if I call, will they do it for me? And he's like, I don't know. And I was like, okay. So then I call AT&T and they're like, no, this is, there's a different name on this account because my mom and I have a shared account. And then I had to get my mom, who was very confused and doesn't understand technology, to mm-hmm. explain to AT&T. And then they sent me a man on a Saturday. They sent a man to my office to transfer all of my data from my old phone to my new phone. I said, I don't want the man really cool no i didn't want the man i didn't know you could have a vip man come to your that's what they do for insurance claims so they said they could either ship me a refurbished phone but it wouldn't arrive for possibly two weeks because of supply chain issues or i could have a random man show up on a saturday to either my house or my office and i was like i don't know this man i don't want him to know where i live so Mm -hmm. i met him at my office but then it was just as weird because i was the only person in the office and i was like this isn't good yeah like what if this guy's crazy and then he starts like going through my phone and i was like i'm not comfortable with that i'll just transfer the data myself and he's like no you can't transfer it yourself because you chose the option where i come out to you and so i have to do it and then it uh he started the process and then it said it was going to take three hours for all the data to transfer and i I was like, can you please leave? And he said yes. And then he left. And then I waited probably four hours and then all my data transferred and I didn't back up the photos at all. And all the photos are still on my my new phone is my point. So maybe do an insurance claim. Hmm. Was it inconvenient? Yes. I just don't believe in insurance. I think it's a scam and I don't like it. I don't want to support it. So (laughs) I'm just going to buy a new phone without insurance because I don't have insurance on that. Well, I know that the insurance was $16 for me to get and then it was $150 to get the refurbished iPhone 11 with the man door-to-door service. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was cool except for I I can't believe that that's a thing. Well, probably because it's insurance. So they're sending some went out to make sure you're not just having uh, like I don't know you're not just gonna like steal scam. it or something maybe or, I don't know how it would be a scam but I feel like <laughs> that's, there's some way to scam well he didn't take my old phone either so I don't I'm not oh because he probably saw it was like fucked up and he was like yeah oh, okay that's true or maybe he saw the transfer time was gonna be three hours and was like I'm not waiting yeah and you can just like keep your old phone yeah that's it was weird. very weird though it that was very strange. weird he had like a beeper on him mm. and a lot of jewels and i thought to myself are you really the insurance man right wait what do you mean he had jewels like he just had like a treasure chest no he just had a lot of jewelry on he was just like he was blinged out yeah he was blinged out wait he had like chains and stuff he was watch yes he was blinged out he had an ice in the bezel? What do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I didn't look at what brands they were, but this man was iced out. Wow. He had uh, a lot of chest hair. Wow. Uh, sticking out of like was, a very deep V. Was he wearing AT&T clothing? No, no. That's what I'm saying. This whole thing feels oh, like okay, so a I was, random man just like oh, knows where I work now. That Yeah, that changes things because I was picturing like the people who work behind the desk at AT&T, like no. khaki pants and a sh- blue collared shirt. Yeah, like the geek squad at yeah, Best Buy. No. Exactly. Like showing up and being like, hey, <laughs> no. I'll fix your phone. And they've got like a wire in their ear connected to like a pack in there. Yeah, no. This this was a man in a BMW. Oh. Pulled up, blinged out with chest hair showing. Sounds like he's doing insurance well, fraud. That's, I, what, yeah. that's what I meant to tell you. I'm like, you know, the this insurance stuff is a scam. But now I have an iPhone 11. Yeah. For 150 plus $16. Mm-hmm. And it seems to be working. Okay. 
So it's an option or you can just go to you break I fix and get them to replace your screen. That's true. There's lots of options. We There's live many options. in the modern age. We really do. You know, it's a really special time but to be alive. I'm just curious if anyone here knows whether or not I actually had an encounter with an insurance man or if this was or just a cryptid. A, a cryptid or a ghost? A cryptid who drives a BMW. Wait, an angel? Could that have been an angel bringing me a new phone? I mean, we're not rolling it out. We're rolling it in. Wow. Wow. (laughs) And that's really all I've uh, been up to. Well, I was just going to say one thing because when you were telling your story, I was like, okay, she's going to tell this really personal story to her. So perhaps I'll tell a personal story to me. I think when I go to Atlanta, I'm just going to go full Republican. Like I'm going (laughs) to like catch fish on the weekends and like drive a lifted truck. Just corn makes rain and whiskey. Corn makes my lady get a little corny. Yeah. I think what you should do is go full satire and wear a... A make Pangea dinosaur again mm. hat, but like make it so that people have to do a double take and then they're like, wait, right. is she one of us or is she not? And, and keep them guessing. Don't answer when they ask. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like I'm always chewing a piece of wheatgrass out of the side of my mouth and they like ask me a question and I'm just like, granddad always said, be honest. <laughs> they're like, oh, hey, where are you from? Granddad always said. You got to take two ears of corn with that pig. (laughs) Right. Just making up idioms. Yeah. Just try to make it like as country as possible. So they feel like they can't tell you that they don't understand. Yeah. They're just like, oh, shit. She's pretty country. Yeah. I don't want to fuck with her. Yeah. Well, that sounds like a great plan. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to see pictures of your new house when you move. And Mm -hmm. wait, wait, what's going on with Boris? Uh, He's going to go. He's going to go to Atlanta? Yeah. Do you find a place to board him? I'm like really excited about this new house. It's really dope. I also don't want to dox myself, but it's uh, it's on the fucking Chattahoochee River. So you know the song? The- yeah. Wait, now I'm on the Chattahoochee. It's on the fucking river. Like you could drown in your backyard <laughs> if you so choose. There's stables like down the street that are historic. Oh, nice. And they look like they're falling under disrepair and decay. So I feel like it's going to be a good fit. Yeah. <laughs> Boris is going to go there and we're going to be country time do you know if any part of this property is haunted i don't know that but i feel like all of georgia is yes as we learned uh was it last episode or two episodes ago when i talked about the blue ridge witch as we know that shit's haunted yeah so i feel like it could be you know this is not that interesting but i'm gonna tell it to you because i had to live it so now you do too my fiance cody he's like into ufc and so by association i have also been into (laughs) ufc Look, I've dragged him to do shit I know he doesn't want to do. Uh, he's had to ride horses, which he even told me this rubs my gooch raw. I yeah. do not like this. And I'm just kind of like, well, I have to watch UFC, which is like the equivalent of getting your gooch rubbed raw. Okay. Yeah. And while I was watching it, just sort of like dazing out because it's super weird that we just like put two dudes in a cage and like to fight each other. And then we're all just like watching as they're like bleeding and getting like right. their face pummeled and broken. And we're all just like, yeah, this is great. This is premium <gasps> entertainment. This is normal. I was kind of dazed out and I was looking at the floorboards and on there was Manscaped. And I was realizing really? that like Manscaped supports the UFC and they're actually oh. a big sponsor. And then I was thinking about how Joe Rogan, he's the guy that was hosting or whatever, hosting the fight. And he also interview people. And then his 
Today's podcast is also sponsored by Manscaped. And then I was thinking like, look at us. We're also sponsored by Manscaped. Natalia, that was beautiful. And you are right. We are sponsored by Manscaped. And we should be proud of that. And we are proud of that. And I would just like to welcome all of our listeners to something we like to call Fresh Ball Fall. We do like to call it Fresh Ball Fall around here. And why do we call it Fresh Ball Fall? Because it's the season of pumpkin spice and making sure your crotch looks nice. That means sipping cider in a fall breeze and using Manscaped products to trim your balls with ease. That's right. Today's show is brought to to you by Manscaped, a company here to make sure that your foliage isn't the only thing shedding its excess leaves. Heck, even Mother Nature knows it's time to lose the excess clutter for fall. Join the 6 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with code LET'S GET HAUNTED. That's LET'S GET HAUNTED, all caps, all one word. Go to manscaped.com. Put shit in your shopping cart. You don't have balls? Doesn't matter. Guess what? I don't either. And I use Manscaped products. Break through the gender glass ceiling and mm-hmm. say, you know what? I will not be defined by what I may or may not have down mm-hmm. there. Uh, everyone's got pubes for the most part. Mm-hmm. And everyone sometimes wants to do something about it. 90% mm-hmm. of the time, you probably don't want pubes 100% of the time. Sometimes. <laughs> 10% of the time, I get it. Pube city time. Right. But... It's fall. Here's what I'm going to tell you guys to do. I need you guys to go to this website, manscaped.com, and I need you to get the Lawnmower 4.0 because it's waterproof (laughs) and it reduces the risk of ingrown hairs and grooming accidents. Also, they have shit that can reduce foot odor, make your balls better. And if you're like, my balls can't get better, they can. And you're probably the high suspect for someone who needs these products. Look. If you think you're doing everything you can do, newsflash, you're not. Mm -hmm. And you want to know what's really cool about Manscaped? They also have aluminum-free ultra-premium deodorant. That's great because aluminum is found to cause cause cancer. cancer. Yes. And especially in women, it's linked to breast cancer. And men can also get breast cancer. Mm -hmm. So please, this is a great opportunity to say no to cancer and yes to balls and go to manscaped.com and buy every product that they have available using code Let's Get Haunted for 20% off plus free shipping. Yeah, you guys, I said this before. I'm going to say it again. I'm reminding you right now. The fucking Christmas season is about to come up on our ass really soon yes and i guarantee a bunch of npcs are going to be crawling out like oh i got you a gift and like you're not gonna yeah you're gonna have these platinum package 4.0s in the back of your car dole them out yeah dole them out and i will just add one last thing have you ever thought to yourself you know what I want to be as smooth as a corpse that's gone through adipocere, which is the process of your skin turning into fat in cold, wet environments. And then your body is essentially a bar of soap. Now, is that unfortunate and tragic and haunted? Yes. However, if you could get your genitals to look like that, wouldn't that be kind of cool? Yeah. You can do that. Get some shaving cream. Shaving cream's white. Mm -hmm. Slather that on there. Go to manscaped.com. Get the lawnmower. (laughs) (laughs) The serial killers that listen to our podcast are like, wow, I'm so seen by these people (laughs) to the Manscaped ads. (laughs) Thank you, Manscaped. Please don't cancel our sponsorships. We love you. Bye bye. Slay. (laughs) 
All right. Should we get this episode on the road? Fuck yeah. Let's do it. Okay. Now, I have a little intro I wrote because I feel like for a Halloween, we need to do special spooky things. Oh, yeah. Trigger warning. This is the first episode of spooky season, right? Right. So it's going to be extra spooky. Don't tune in if you're not in the right frame of mind to get absolutely annihilated (laughs) by a ghost. It's the Haunties' favorite time of year. Spooky season is officially here. Gather all you haunted bitches. It's time for pumpkins, ghouls, and witches. Now quickly light the candles, but dim the lights. Today's episode is full of devilish delights. Grab your mugs, fill them to the brim. Let the haunted opus begin. Here at LGH University, we pride ourselves on our dedication to deciphering between historical fact and haunted fiction. Most of us know the witch trials of the 17th century were some of the most heinous, unfounded crimes against women and humanity. In fact, modern language reflects this understanding and repentance, as the term witch hunt carries a negative undertone that indicates public ostracizing for a perception that cannot be proven. We know the witches of the past were actually victims of a political church that subjected the accused to unfair trials with scant evidence. These historical quote-unquote witches were women painted as Satan's minions who were blamed for everything from a neighbor poor crop yield or the common cold to nightmares and even murder. However, what if I told you of a witch who really did wreak havoc upon her community and cause murder through the use of her potions? Through the use of potions? Okay, I have no clue what this could be. I thought you were going to say through the use of like a magic wand or like spitting Or like running around on a broomstick, but potions, I have no idea. Today's story follows a real-life modern witch trial with documented scientific evidence of actual witchcraft. A fair trial and dozens of corpses attached to the case. Organic love potions stuffed with trimmings of diabolical ingredients, brewed in secret by an old woman cloaked in all black robe and hood. Custom elixirs dosed out with an eyedropper's precision. Tell me, darling, what is it that your heart longs for? Love? Revenge? A family to be strong for. Have your cake and eat it too. Try one of Baba's love potions, won't you? Guaranteed results or your money back. (laughs) Is this Baba Yaga? No, but... Perhaps they're related. Today, we are examining a haunted murder case of a real-life witch, Baba Anuika. And while the evidence of her craft and the bodies attached to her trial are as solid and real as a stone cauldron, the details of Baba Anuika, particularly her age and origin, are cleverly hidden and highly debated by the magic of poor record-keeping. However, as your haunted guide and server of creepy spooky tales, I will do my best to deliver you the most hauntedly concise version of events. How do you spell her name? Baba is B-A-B-A-A-N-U-J-K-A. Huh. What? Okay. What language 
is that name does that name come from? So I'm really glad you asked. Okay, basically this story takes place in 1838. Oh, that's a long time ago. Right? It's a long time ago. What and countries were even around then? Exactly. Well, this was in a part of the world which at the time was undergoing a lot of political change. And at the time, this place was called the Banat Military Frontier. It was basically like part of the Habsburgs, like monarchy at this time. So they created this like Banat Military Frontier. And it's basically just like a bunch of villages kind of in the countryside. Eventually, it would come on to be Serbia. And what like is modern day Serbia, Romania sort of area. Okay. But this area was constantly changing and the territories were constantly expanding. Like it's like Yugoslavia and then it's like, you know, sometimes it's Romania, sometimes it's Serbia. I was really confused and I spent probably like 25 minutes trying to figure out the history of this spot until I was just like, you know what? No one's going to care. I'm going to skip over that. And then, of course, it's like the first (laughs) question that you asked. Well, now that I have a general idea, now that I know what happened in the 800s, I have no frame of reference. So you could literally tell me that Texas was where Romania is now and I would be like, makes sense. So the year is 1838. Oh, 1838. Oh, I thought you said 838. You 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 probably said it right and I just was imagining. That's why I was like what countries were even around then. <laughs> I thought like we were talking about like, like a like a caveman, like caveman. <laughs> yeah. or uh, like a knight. I don't know what was there. You think that there was like a fair trial and documented scientific evidence that survived that long? Well, remember when I told you the story about the seven hundred year old town? It was seven thousand year old. Seven thousand year old yeah, town. Yeah, I was just like no. And it was, remember, the whole, that whole story was like, there was a a bunch of vampires that were buried with stakes through their hearts. So there was some sort of trial process going on 7,000 years ago. Right. Even if the trial was just, I'm going to like plunge a stake into your heart. So you you can't escape your grave. Right. Yeah. And that's the trial. (laughs) Yeah. All right. What was fair in 838 we can't compare it to today's time. Look, right? there, there's no, you cannot judge the morals of a stake driving vampire hunter of the 800s. Right. Right. But 1838, all right, we can yeah. judge that. This story has a lot, a lot to judge. So you tell me what you think. In 1838, there was a wealthy cattle rancher who was living in this rural area of what is now Romania. And he is expecting a child to be born. It's a girl. Her name is Anna Draxion or Anna Draskin or Anna di Pistonia. She has like a hundred different names. She's many different people to many different places. People have tried to anglicize her name or like turn it to whatever language they're speaking. Um, so she has a bunch of different names basically. But we're going to call her Anna, just to be easy about it. Like most children born in historically war-torn areas, similar to the constant changing of occupiers, Anna's birth records were lost or hidden from curious eyes due to poor record keeping. Anna herself claims that she was even born two years earlier than that, but nonetheless, a decade later, she moved to a village called Vladimirovats, which is now modern-day Serbia. But in 1849, it was the Bana military frontier, which was still a province of the Austrian Empire. We don't know much about Anya's youth, but we do know that, like other children born to wealthy parents like herself, she attended a private boarding school and Panchevo. In boarding school, Anna had a lot of issues. 
She stood out from other children, and some children were somewhat afraid of her. You see, Anna had taken a keen interest in alchemy, chemistry, and herbalism, interests that might be shared by someone practicing witchcraft. In the night, while students at the boarding school were all asleep, one night a student awoke to a strange shuffling and low murmuring voices. Was it singing? Or perhaps someone mumbling something in their sleep? Was someone playing a prank at the school? To the horror of the student, Anna appeared to be awake and sneaking around in the dark. Some believed that at night, Anna was practicing witchcraft in the dark, but others believed she was merely sleepwalking. Part of the local folklore legends insisted that someone who engaged in sorcery or had supernatural powers could be found out by their ability to sleepwalk. So either way, whether she was sleepwalking or practicing witchcraft, Anna was believed to have supernatural powers. After Anna's schooling, she lived at her father's estate. It was said to be a very large place, and this gave her plenty of space to explore and connect deeply with nature and its mysteries. But when Anna was 20 years old, she met a handsome Austrian army officer. Once more, the details are lacking on this relationship, but essentially Anna was smitten with this young officer, and she was seduced by him. They had a passionate love affair, but Anna felt deeper than her lover. The pair had a romantic encounter from which Anna contracted syphilis. No. And soon after, to make matters worse, the dashing Austrian army officer abandoned her. Now, syphilis at this time was not something easily managed. Penicillin would come to be the main cure of syphilis, but that wouldn't be for several, several decades. I think in like the 1930s or something like that. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it was like around the time that insane asylums were at their prominence in the U.S., right? Because then right. we do an episode once where there was like people with syphilis used to go to insane asylums. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because it would give you like syphilis brain. Yeah. Well, one of the ways that they would treat syphilis at the time was with mercury, like different mercury. Oh. I don't really know how or why that worked or if it was just like the idea of like, oh, you um, you have a big gash on your leg. Let me break your fingers so like you don't <laughs> think about it, you know? Right. According to these local legends, Anna was forced to leave her boarding school after contracting syphilis, but I'm not sure if it was due to illness or fear of the spread or just the uncomfortableness of it. Maybe she perhaps like didn't want to be in school. I'm also not sure if this relationship with the Austrian army officer was like a one-sided relationship or just like a one-night stand or if uh, they had like a relationship and he promised to like marry her and then he was just a dick. But either way, the relationship or their sexual encounter left this young Anna heartbroken. Anna felt that a man had betrayed her trust and stolen her innocence. She would never give herself fully to a man ever again because men couldn't be trusted. And this early interaction with the Austrian army officer is said to have scarred Anna's heart and turned her into a misanthrope, which is someone who prefers to be alone because they don't like people. So yeah, turned her into like I mean, I, I feel that, though. Bitter. Think about 1800s. You are a woman. You can't you're not allowed to do much. And she's rich. So she right. has more opportunities than most women at the time. Right. But you can't just like be single, as we've talked about in every single episode. Mm-hmm. I would say from the 1900s and before. Right. Like you can't just be hanging around 
doing whatever you want. So she is probably, now that she has syphilis, she's probably thinking, who's going to want me? Mm -hmm. There's no cure at this point. She feels like she's been defiled because that's what she's been taught is like, you're not supposed to give up your innocence, Mm -hmm. right? And so, yeah, I could see her being super bitter, especially like there's no tender. There's Mm -hmm. no hinge. She doesn't know what else is out there. She's like, this was my one true love and now he's gone. Mm. It's tragic. Yeah, yeah. I'm like really mad at that guy for her. And I also have to wonder, like, did he bounce when he found out these like rumors of witchcraft? Let's go dig him up, beat (laughs) him up and put him back in the ground. I'm ready. In her solitude as a misanthrope, Anna spent all of her remaining youth at her father's estate committing herself to the study of medicine, both folk medicine and conventional medicine. She was interested in chemistry and alchemy, herbs and spices. She loved creating medicinal potions and elixirs. In her 20s, while others were out exploring and socializing, Anna became somewhat of a hermit. Anna preferred brewing medicines to dating. She spent her remaining youth learning soaking up information that she found interesting. Not only did she experiment with herbalism, during this time, Anna learned five languages. That's super impressive. Good for her. Right? I know. I mean, easier for someone in in Europe than someone in the U.S., I would say, but very cool because they're in closer proximity to more languages. Here, we just have like Spanish and the Canadian French. Oh, right. That they speak up there. Like we don't have exposure. And our country is fucking huge. So we like to have very little exposure to other cultures. Yeah. Whereas in Europe, I mean, I don't know about the 1800s, but I'm sure it was like that then. Like you just ha- take a train and all of a sudden you're in. Well, that would have been the 1900s. But you take a sail a ship across the channel and suddenly right. you're in Britain and then you sail around a different way. And now you're hanging out with a knight. Yeah. Yeah. You're like a pick me girl of like the 1830s and you're like, I prefer brewing homemade medicines yeah, to yeah. dating. You know, I'm not like other girls. I brew medicines at home. That is a TikTok idea. <laughs> I think you should make that concept into a TikTok skit. Okay. And while sources differ on the details, Anna's father eventually arranged a marriage for her to a man who was much older than her. According to the sources, the marriage was said to have been a happy one despite Anna's preferences of solitude, but their union was not without suffering. I'm going to show you a picture that people have found of Anya. And it's presumed that this is her husband at the time. Natalia is showing me a very scary black (laughs) and white photo in front of, I guess, a backdrop. If it's not a backdrop, that's like the craziest background I've ever seen. It shows like a log cabin in the background with like black smoke coming up from like a forest. But they are sitting. So the lady in the photo is sitting, which I guess is Anya. That's Anya. Yes. And she's wearing, yeah, like petticoats, 1800s, like Victorian era shit. Mm -hmm. And her hair is up in a bun. She has dark hair, dark eyebrows. She's holding like a basket or something or like a rolled up blanket. It's Mm -hmm. kind of hard to tell. And then this dude is standing next to her. He has one hand on her shoulder and the other hand on his hip. Very sassy. And he looks like Abraham Lincoln, which as we've talked about in past episodes, most men did look like Abraham Lincoln. That's it. That's all you had is Abraham Lincoln. Actually, that smoke is not smoke. It's a rip in the photograph, by the way. Oh, it is? Oh, wow. That's a really creepy rip. I think. Unless it is smoke. I don't know. I've looked at it for a while. Yeah. I mean, your guess is as good as mine. I don't know. During her marriage, 
Anna gave birth to 11 children. Whoa. Over the course of 20 years. With syphilis? I guess. Presumably. Unfortunately, all of the children but one lived past the first year of life. The child who lived, lived into adulthood and became a successful merchant. But the efforts of childbirth and the loss that followed compounded Anna's resentment of men. Her suffering physically and emotionally could never be shared with the opposite sex. Men never had to experience the pain that comes with motherhood and the grief that only a mother can feel when a child passes too soon. She felt that men used women but did not respect women. And even the good ones. The men like her husband who cared deeply for her. Why was he not forced to bear the pain of birth and the burden of woman's place in society? What do you think, Alyssa? Can you answer the question? Uh, it would have sucked to live before birth control. I think I actually think about that all the time, like mm-hmm. because that's what women's independence is kind of linked to. Right. And right. It's actually a fairly recent phenomenon where women finally gained agency through the ability to not have to have children. Yeah. Whereas back in the day, it's like you've got no TV, you've got no Internet maybe at that time like we just said maybe you don't even have a train yeah. so you're just stuck at home you're not allowed to have a job all of that you have for entertainment is fucking and cooking mm-hmm. that's it so yeah, obviously yeah so obviously you're gonna get pregnant a lot right. because what is the alternative right you know so yeah that would suck i would agree like that would it wouldn't even i think about that too with like the duggars that you know those like that family that has like 12 kids and counting or whatever it's 18 i don't even remember right like that must suck to just be that woman pumping out babies just left and right, you know, to each their own. But I just feel like at that point, is your body even your own? Well, some people like it. Like some people love being pregnant and they like love being a mom and that's like their whole purpose. But I think if you don't, if like you don't want to devote your whole life to that, like it's too bad. You either got to hire help to help you raise children or you've got to not have kids because once you have them, you have to like raise them right you can't just not raise them because that's like not only illegal it's like fucked up well i'm thinking of the duggars specifically because they're not their religion doesn't let them take birth control. oh i don't know about them oh yeah so i'm i mean who knows maybe she does love being pregnant but that lady's like in her 60s and has like 18 19 kids really wow. yeah because their religion is super severe and doesn't allow them to take birth control so I don't know. I feel like if I just feel like nobody could be happy with that many children. If you are listening and you've got 19 children and you're happy, guess what? Good for you. I can't imagine that to be the case. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. It's really fucking it's uncomfortable. I will say the pregnancy part isn't even that bad because everyone's just like, oh, wow, you're pregnant. Whoa, let me open the door for you. Oh, my God. Take your picture. Wow, you're glowing. It's the part after that's like really ass because your body (laughs) has just been ripped apart. And now everyone like expects you to just be like this old crone who's like Baba, you know, like puts a fucking scarf around your head and like sweeps up after your kid. Yeah. Well, and then imagine you're like healing from that. And then now you're already pregnant again. With yeah. The next kid. Exactly. Like that's great. Like uh, if you have 19 kids, you've been pregnant for like 19 years. Right. Like I'm sure she sneezes and like her organs fall yeah. out. <laughs> I'd be thinking about that. I'd imagine my organs were falling out even if they weren't. Right. When Anna was in her 50s, she became a widow. So this marriage that was supposedly happy, but where she lost the 11 or 10 children, I guess, it came to an end because he was much older than her. So at 50, she was a widow. And when she became a widow, she really changed her whole vibe. 
Anna started donning all black all the time. She wore black garments and even a large black headscarf that resembled this sort of hood. And these were not normal clothes at the time. These were ritual clothes of a widow or some might say a witch. I'm going to show you some pictures of Anna from this time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I see why they made that assumption. I mean, she looks like a very sweet old woman that like you might see walking down the street in modern times. But if you were watching a movie with a witch, it would be this. It would be this one like Hansel and Gretel. You know, if you ever like read those children's books and Mm -hmm. sometimes they were illustrated, the witch 100 percent looked like this. Um, And she was trying to shove kids into ovens go see these photos at let's get haunted on instagram just you know this is being very polite but basically this is a super wrinkled old woman she's got like really big innocent sort of looking eyes and she has a scarf tied around her hair tied under her chin and then i'm going to show you the next picture um which if you didn't think she looked like a witch yeah so this one <laughs> i'm looking at a lady uh dressed in all black She's got some, I don't know if those are... It's a giant mushroom. These are like herbs she's holding. Because she is really into like mixing natural remedies. Did she take these photos herself? Who was taking these photos? So she, as we'll get into, after she she becomes a widow. So she's already like, this is like a small village. Mm -hmm. You know, she lives like in the middle of essentially what is the Black Forest of Romania. And there's actually a river that goes from the Black Forest in Germany that comes into this Banat military frontier. So these two haunted forests are like sort of connected and it's a really small town. So when like there, the people here are really superstitious, which we'll also talk about. But when people start saying like, oh, there's a girl who's in my school, who's like this rich girl. So people already kind of know her family. She's really into like doing herbal medicine and she sleepwalks at night. Like, oh, I forgot about that. There's already talk about her being a witch. And instead of her like shunning this image of like, oh, I'm a witch or whatever. She just fucking leans full into that. Yeah, good for her. She just starts like wearing full witch costumes and like walking around with like little potions and stuff and being like (laughs) it looks like she's holding a scepter but natalia says it's a mushroom either way uh, it's very witchy and she's Uh got like a hat on that yeah i mean i can't see the top of the hat but it looks like a stereotypical like halloween witch hat with like the wide brim right um and then she's holding like a rock or something in the other hand and she's kind of smiling. She looks a little bit mischievous. But that's why I'm saying, like, who was taking these photos? Especially if, like, people already thought she was weird. Were they like, hey, weird witch woman, pose for this photo? Yeah, well, I think some of them were afraid of her because she's a witch. And then some of them are like, like, Making they don't want to get on her, her bad something? side. Oh, you know. Okay. So once Anna is a widow, she's got this house to herself. She converts a wing of the house into a literal witch shop, a.k.a. an alchemy lab. And in this workshop, Anna begins to provide a range of different services to women who needed healing elixirs and herb potions. And some people called this witchcraft. At this time, witchcraft was not uncommon in this area. There were so-called, quote, witch doctors, unquote. And I know that word is a charged word, but this is what they were actually called for tax purposes. So I'm using that word here. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And they had legally registered shops for which they paid taxes on their craft. Slay. Anna's son kept an accounting book with all of her customers from this business. And I'm going to show you some photos of Anna's house that were taken before it was demolished. And you tell me what you think of her house. 
So this is a historian standing here in front of her home. Yeah, so that looks like um, when Hansel and Gretel were lured through the Black Forest <laughs> into a witch's abode. Uh-huh. Yeah, it looks like an old rundown cottage. It's like made of wood and plaster. Oh, here's a steamer trunk, like a stereotypical steamer trunk. That- Look at the entrance to get into her laboratory. Oh, wow, there's like bottles and everything all over the place i don't see an entrance it's you walk down the stairs see that tiny door it's like you walk into a a hole oh i see okay so you would go down into a basement yeah to get to her shop yeah so was the shop underneath her house the house was really old and houses at that time sometimes were buried like deeper into the ground like to get into them for um ventilation purposes and stuff like that so you might have a house that's like has the second story you can enter the second story from the ground oh like a split level yeah like a split level okay gotcha and so her shop was in her house. Yeah. Okay. It was in a wing of her house. Got it. Essentially. But that's like, looks pretty suspicious. Looks looks pretty witchy. It looks like really witchy. You guys go look at these photos and you tell us what you think. So Anna herself called these mixtures that she made in these elixirs magical bayana vodica. Bayana vodica. Or miracle drinks. Which I didn't know this vodka means just drink. Like everything's vodka. Some of these drinks would solve marital problems or familial problems or even property problems. These magical potions seemed to help all of those who tried them. But her most popular were the magic water, the love potion, and the devil's water. According to witnesses, there was a ritual that took place before Anna gave anyone a magical water or potion. Her clients were asked to bring one black hen and one white hen, a bag of ashes, dragon fruit or tricia, basil, and incense. The room would be darkened and everything would be eerily silent. Anna, in the dark, would light the incense and while the heavy smoke filled the darkened room, she scattered the ashes around in a circle, whispering mysterious words. Within this ash circle, a bottle was prepared and filled with clear water. Finally, Anna rang a small bell three times. The bell signified that the deal with the devil was finished. Despite the flamboyant names and rituals, what made Anna's products remarkable is that they really worked. Soldiers would come to Anna for a potion that would relieve them from having to serve in the military. Just a few drops of her magic potion would make them so temporarily sick that they evaded military service. Farmers' wives would ask for magical potions to heal their, quote, fat, tired husbands, end quote. (laughs) Just a few drops in what was once a listless, aching man was now an alert and ready to work without breaking for lunch, man. That is cocaine. (laughs) It was said that Anna could make you beautiful. A few drops would dilate your eyes and make you appear more enchanting. Anna treated people for insanity, dementia, she prevented pregnancy, and more. It was said she could fix your sex drive or relax your nerves. Anna had everything a person seeking immediate relief to a problem could want. Even more, along with these herbal remedies, Anna reportedly sold charms and talismans for protection. But Anna's specialty was a love potion, not just any love potion, a special one. 
A woman who sought revenge against an unfaithful, abusive husband was shocked when Anna told her the man would die in eight days. And then her husband magically got so sick that he actually died eight days later. This is like the original Samara from The Ring. That was her name, right? Right. Samara, yes. Seven days. Wow. Eight days. I can see why people were starting to perhaps maybe turn on her because it sounds like everyone's kind of on board. Right. At first, they're like, hell yeah, I don't have to serve in the military. Right. I just go visit this rich lady and she makes me hotter. Yeah. You know, so but then I could see how if people start asking for darker things and they're coming true, how like that maybe the tide of public opinion could change. Right. Anna's potions and promises were extremely accurate. If she said someone would heal in three days, they healed. If she said someone would die in a week, they died in a week. Word quickly spread through the town that a sorceress was selling magical potions that worked. Women spread the word of Anna's magic, and soon Anna's reputation grew as a magical healer and the devil's helper, both respected and feared. Anna's popularity meant that she was able to make a good living as a witch. She was already rich in her youth, and now she was adding to that. So she was able to live very comfortably as a widow, which further inflated her image as being a witch and brought her even more business. Her business grew by word of mouth, so it would really just be like, hey, I know a witch, right? Like, it's something that you would whisper about. Right, like, hey, how'd you kill your husband? (laughs) Oh, I know this witch. Right. Or just something interesting to bring up at parties. Like you you live in a place where everyone's kind of, it's kind of like, let's get haunted, right? Like we live in a society. And so <laughs> we can bring up these things that like as a point of interest, like you're at a party and you know, you don't really know what to say. And you kind of are like, I heard that like there's a witch over there. My cousin said that, you know, she was able to lose 50 pounds when she took this yeah. potion. Honest <laughs> was more than a witch though. She was a therapist too. In order to make these potions, she would have someone come into her home they're usually referred by a previous client and she would sit down with them and talk to them and figure out what their needs their wants their fears their hopes their desires were and then she would prescribe the perfect remedy because people don't just show up to a witch because it's just like let's just check it out right like they're coming in because they feel something like oh I feel anxious or I'm having nightmares or oh I'm just so stressed out my you know I'm trying to get pregnant and I can't or I've had like repeated miscarriages or "I I think I'm you know getting dementia or my grandfather is whatever so she would listen to these things and then figure out what it is that she could do to help you and it's reported that Anna would ask the one question which is quote how severe is the problem end quote when she was confronted with new clients and that would allow her to formulate how strong the potion would need to be and over time Anna's clientele became more focused on people who sought help with certain problem areas Um, specifically people in their lives. How severe is the problem kind of turned into more frequently as time went on, how heavy is the sacrifice or even translated, how heavy is the problem? Mm. And these translations will become more important as we get a little bit more details. So all these potions worked within an average of eight days. Within one week of taking this potion, you would always have results. But like I said, this was a very superstitious area. 
So with this reputation came a bit of danger because superstition was like rampant in this area, which is were very real to the villagers. Folklore insists that the northern flatlands of Serbia, the Banat, were full of river monsters and ghosts of dead nobility who Ooh. roamed local castles. Those stories were taken as fact by these villagers. Most of these stories had witches as their protagonist. Oh, as the protagonist. Or antagonist. Oh, never mind. That, that I mean, the main my char- mood. The main character. Yeah, the main character. But like, a, yeah, the positive main character, right? Yeah. I mean, I think just the main character. Oh, okay. Because like sometimes you can be a main character and like wreaking havoc, right? Right. Yeah. Which I think is like what they did. The witches of Banat were legends about witches who basically looked no different than an elderly woman that you would bump into on the street. The witches of Banat were said to be wrinkly and hunched over, and they wore long black skirts and black headscarves that hid their features. They lured children with candy. They lured women with coffee and talk and gossip, and they lured men with alcohol, all before trapping them to eat them or harvest their youth or eat their soul or trade them with the devil or otherwise harm them. And it seems that Anna worked with this imagery. It said that Anna would sit by her window wearing all black and openly blended her magical concoctions. This was really noticed by more paranoid villagers. Anna also would go into the street and she spoke with several of the villagers as they would walk by. Anna's notoriety gave her the Serbian-Croatian nickname Baba Anoika, or Grandmother Annie in English. But some of the villagers were more fearful of her powers, which appeared to be witchcraft and of otherworldly power. So those notions created like a little bit of a, a discussion within the community, you could say. Some people were whispering that Baba Anoika was really the Banat witch or the witch of Vladimirovac. So basically, they had these legends of these witches that kind of roamed the forest and like would capture people and eat them or or right. trick them in some way. And then now all of a sudden there's this real life old lady that looks straight out of a Hansel and Gretel yeah. book and they're like drawing some parallels. Right. Yeah. That exactly. actually that makes sense to me for 1800s time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So some of these sources that are local to the area say that Baba Anoika used the fear of witches to market her business and claimed that she had like a direct connection to the devil. But other people say that these were rumors that spread without her knowledge. And some people just think she was like a sweet old woman, but other people are like, no, she's hiding something really sinister behind this like grandma widow act. Either way, she's known by everyone in the village. She's like iconic. That could also just be like, you know, that's her branding. You know, like if I'm trying to be an influencer that sells makeup, then maybe my branding is like I always have makeup on and my hair is always perfect. And I'm like always going out to like the coolest clubs in L.A. and posting about it. Now, if my brand is that you come to me when you need to look hotter or get out of the military or kill your husband, then maybe my like my whole thing is I need to look mystical and mysterious. Right. You know? Yeah. So it could go either way. Either she really is a witch or she was ahead of her time and understood branding. Yeah. Wow. Slay and Stan. According to Wikipedia and Serbian folklore, witches are present in the country. They live there in order to create havoc and spy on people. The witches from these stories would turn into moths or butterflies. Witches can leave their souls behind while they engage in mischievous activity. In order to destroy a witch, she has to leave her soul. 
When her body is turned flat on the ground, the returning moth or butterfly she's turned into will be confused and unable to return to her body. Here's some other facts that I found on Wikipedia that demonstrate this superstition from this area. That's really cool. I've never heard of that before. It's like a really cool superstition. Oh, you're going to love these. So apparently there are no baby showers held in Serbia and there are no gifts given to the mother because when a baby is born, friends and family are required to call it ugly. (laughs) If not, the baby will be vulnerable to the evil eye. Oh, okay. Well, this is similar to when you did that Italian episode and you told me about that. About Colabrero. Yeah. The the name you're not supposed to say. Yeah. Women wishing to get married in Serbia are cautioned against sitting at the corner of the table at mealtimes. I thought about that one a lot, too. And I was like, why? But I was like, I guess it makes you look like you're just like an NPC. Yeah. I don't know. Like, you need to sit like next to people. So you don't look like you're too independent. Honestly, that might just be good advice. Like, if you're trying to, like, assert your dominance and desirability within a group, don't sit on the edge. Force your way into the middle. Be obnoxious. (laughs) When someone's traveling, a person back home cannot wash their clothing that was left behind if they do, the traveler will never come back, which I really like. That Wow. Because it's kind of like you don't be polite. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So if you if if I go on a trip and I leave dirty clothes, nobody should wash them because I might not come back. Is that what yeah. you're saying? I mean, I could see that because that's kind of an extension of you. Right. So if it's a dirty pair, like if it's a dirty pair of pants or a dirty shirt, it probably kind of smells like you right. were. And then if you washed it, it wouldn't anymore. Mm. So like the last trace of you would be gone from the house. Mm. Mm. Well, now I have an excuse to never do my laundry. Similarly, if an unwanted visitor comes to the house, Serbian folklore requires that the homeowner wash the floor after they visit so that they'll not come back. <laughs> that's that's awesome. That, I like that one a lot. Like, Just imagine like you just left someone's house and like you get out to your car and you're like, oh, shit, I forgot my phone. And you walk back in and there's just people furiously scrubbing like everywhere you were sitting. I don't even know what I would do at that point. I just, I probably, whatever I left in there, I'd probably just be like, no, this isn't worth it. Goodbye forever. (laughs) Women who expose their stomachs to a cold draft will obtain frozen ovaries and they're never able to get pregnant. Whoa. But how do you avoid exposing your stomach to a cold draft? If you get out of the bath, isn't like everything cold? You got to put the towel around you or just like not bathe when it's cold. Wow. Or if you don't want to get pregnant, do that a lot. What about so you just don't have sex when it's cold? Mm, No, it's the opposite. Because if it's cold, your belly gets cold and then you, oh, and then you don't get a pregnant. Oh, Oh, you're thinking if you're trying to get pregnant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I see. So it could go either way. Maybe it's a form of birth control to expose, to only have sex doggy style when (laughs) uh, it's cold. It's bad luck to offer an empty wallet to someone. When toasting, it's important to look someone straight in the eye. Otherwise, there will be seven years of bad luck in the bedroom. Oh, wow. Like, it could have just been seven years of bad luck. Yeah. But this is very specific. Cheers is only exclaimed when drinking alcohol. Any other type of drink is excluded from this phrase. Hmm. Black cats bring bad luck. If one dreams of a horse, it will bring them good luck. Whistling while in the house will entice mice to enter. Is that why in Cinderella... Or, like, in Snow White, all those, like, animals and shit come to her? Yeah. <laughs> I think, yeah, why not? Well, because isn't isn't Snow White, that's a German fairy tale, right? Right. Wow. Wow. Crows, 
stepping on crickets and owls are all omens of bad luck. Stepping on an owl? So it says it's bad grammar. It says crows, comma, and then stepping on crickets and owls are all omens of bad luck. I think what they mean to say is crows is an omen of bad luck. Stepping on crickets is an omen of bad luck. And seeing an owl oh, is an omen of bad luck. Oh, okay, okay. I thought they, I thought it meant stepping on an owl. And I was like, well, yeah, that'd be pretty weird. It just like, you're just like right jumping up on a tree and stomping on an owl like i would be a pretty haunted person yeah i would be like (laughs) scarred emotionally if i stepped on a fucking owl yeah that's you would absolutely be cursed at that point because (laughs) owls are a hundred percent supernatural yeah incontinence in women is caused by sitting on wood benches especially while waiting for buses is incontinence when you, like, can't hold your pee in? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know, some, like... It's kind of interesting yeah. because I feel like if you're waiting for the bus, like, and you have to pee, then, like, yeah, you might, like, not be able to hold your pee in because you're, like, waiting for so long. That's such a random one. I don't know. I feel like that's someone who pissed their pants while they were waiting for the bus. And then they were like, well, you know. It's because I was sitting on a wood (laughs) bench, not because I I had 19 children and blew out my urethra. (laughs) Opening two windows in a room or a residence, especially if to create a cross ventilation during a hot day, brings in evil spirits with the created breeze. Air conditioning is evil. It's just unfair. And promaja, I'm not sure if I'm saying this right. P-R-O-M-A-J-A is the term used for that cold draft that's generated by opening those two windows in a room. So the superstitious Serbians that wrote this article, I guess, they believe that this cold wind poses like a serious health risk, such as stiffened muscles, colds, and a numb feeling in the body. It's also said to cause sorrow and misfortune to the person who opened both of those windows. I feel like that is just like somebody's Baba Anoika. Like someone's grandmother was like sitting in their house and then like some young person came in and opened two windows and like a cold wind came in and, right. and the grandmother was just like, oh, fuck you. Like this is too cold. Yeah. Now. yeah. And you're going to have misfortune. So close those. And they're like, no, grandma, it's so hot. Like, please, like, let us just open them. He's like, No. Honestly, it's genius. I might start to use that. I might create a superstition in my household because I am always cold. As Baba Anoika's brand grew and her business became too large to handle on her own, she ended up hiring like interns, aka witches servants. She hired this sales agent who was named Yubina Milankov. And Yubina would bring clients to Anna's home or her witch house, whatever you want to call it, to help create these custom potions. The potions that she brewed made her rich. I did the calculations and it's uh, each bottle went for what is now the equivalent of 900 to 4,500 British pounds. Whoa. But the results from her potions were sometimes unpredictably harsh. So some potions which sought revenge or for enemies to suffer were so effective that the drinkers actually suffered excruciating pain until they laid down and died. Battered wives looking for relief from their abusive husbands desperately pleaded with Baba Anoika to help their husbands fall back into love with them. But Baba Anoika's love potions would do one further for the heartbroken wife, and the magic would just kill her abuser. Baba Anoika's sorcery was so strong, and her blends were even stronger. Just like that, every woman with a problem husband sought out Baba Anoika's magic potions to make their problems just keel over and die. After a potion led to death, authorities would ask the new widows if they preferred an autopsy for their dead husbands, and every single one of them was like, no, we're good. 
I mean, makes sense. If I murdered someone, I would be like, absolutely not. I don't need an autopsy. Yeah. Let's cremate the body. Because the business was kept by this word of mouth advertising, it's hard to know how many people met their death at the hands of Baba Anoika's magic potions, but estimates are between 50 and 150 deaths. Wow. Most of the deaths were young and healthy men. According to one article that interviewed locals for uh, this Romanian website, Novosti.rs, quote, One evening, two young people were returning from a dance and they met Grandmother Anoika on the steps of her house. It was very hot outside and she offered them lemonade to cheer them up. Seven days later, they both died, says the oldest resident of Vladimirovich. George Vasehi, who is 82. Maria and Tita Vakarescu were only 18 years old and they had just gotten married. Their graves are located at the entrance to the cemetery as a reminder of Grandmother Anoika's heinous crimes, end quote. That's super sad. What did these two 18-year-olds do to her? I don't know. That sounds like like she may be going senile or perhaps going like crazy with power and is like i'm just gonna kill people because i feel like it well if she becomes like the devil's agent oh you know i'm thinking about that in 1914 anna was put on trial for murder but she was mysteriously acquitted then during the 1920s anna's potions became so well known on the black market that she was comparatively rich by most standards in the village in january of 1924 one of anna's repeat clients stana requested an infamous magic water with the intention of ridding her husband, Lazar, of his burden to this earth so that she could remarry her lover. The potion worked, and Stana quickly moved on from her old marriage and remarried a different man local to her village. However, when her new husband's wealthy uncle mysteriously died soon after their union, under very similar circumstances, the authorities were brought in to investigate. When police questioned Stana, she broke immediately. She made no effort to conceal Baba Anoika's witchcraft, and Stana believed that Baba Anoika's witchcraft was the culprit. The sources are divided. Some say that the authorities didn't take this accusal of witchcraft seriously. Others said that the local authorities were too afraid of Baba Anoika's sorcery to proceed. Two years passed with no further investigation into Baba Anoika's sorcery until December of 1926. Baba Anoika crafted a potion for husband Sima Momorov and his wife Sophia. Sima and Sophia's problem was unique in that it wasn't the classic bad husband who needed removal, but instead it was for Nikola Momorov, Sima's father, who was almost 70 years old at the time. The rumor was that Nikolov was just like a total asshole. He was an alcoholic. He had been violent. He was abusive towards Sima and Sophia and even their family. And Sophia had heard of a witch from a client named Danica Vostoyovich. And Danica told Sophia that the sorceress Baba Anoika had the ability to kill unruly men with potions. So Sophia purchased a bottle from Baba Anoika and she gave the potion to Nikolov's 16-year-old granddaughter, Olga. Sophia told Olga to make sure that the potion was poured into one of Nikolov's drinks, and Olga did as she was told. We don't know if Olga was aware of what the potion was, but nonetheless, the deed was done, and Nikolov was strong, so the potion's usual eight-day cycle was no threat to him. However, after 15 days, the magic finally overpowered him, and he dropped dead. Once again, people blamed Baba Anoika, but they had no evidence, or they were terrified. We don't know. Another two years passed until there's what they call the American problem. 
Now, there's debate about how the end of Baba Anoika finally came. Some say there was an anonymous letter sent to the police that accused Baba of the murders. Others say that there was a mayor or a wealthy old local who had been living in America for many years that decided to return to his homeland, Vladimirovich. After spending some time with his family in the village, he became really sick and he went to a local doctor and the doctor said that he was suffering from poisoning. The police were alerted and they found even more similarities between the man's death and a string of other deaths in the village. On May 15, 1928, Baba Anoika was finally arrested for the murder of Stana's uncle and Nikolov. An actual angry mob stormed her Area 51. What? Stormed her <laughs> Area 51? <laughs> like there was like the villagers were pissed right? oh okay okay, okay. and they like came to her house which was like a place of secrets right and uh, they stormed it they were hoping to clap some alien cheeks right aka tell baba anoika that they were pissed yes yes According to an Austrian newspaper article from the time, quote, the victims of the investigation led the band of people to Baba Anoika, who lived in a miserable hut at the entrance to Vladimirovats and was available for her miraculous medicines. The state attorney issued a detention order against the old woman, but the local police did not dare arrest her because Baba Anoika was known far and wide as, quote, benefactor of the people, end quote. They spoke her name with awe and told themselves one another that she had healed many people. Indeed, she had brought the dead to life and healed sick cattle. One night in silence, men eventually took the old woman away and delivered her to Panchevo prison. Now the judicial investigation could take its course undisturbed. Shortly after Christmas, six more arrests were made. In February, there was a big sensation, the arrest of the young widow of the mayor, Karina. The investigation revealed that Baba Anoika had run a veritable poisoner's workshop and women from near and far made pilgrimage for her venomous poison so they could put their inconvenient husbands away. End quote. So Baba Anoika was 90 years old when she got arrested, and this fact alone gained a lot of press due to her old age and her marketing as a witch. A trial began in June of 1929, and the press ran with this image so highly publicized that there's actually a lot of surviving texts, and I'm going to read some of them to you. Baba Anoika kept this old witch act up the whole time. She was literally a savage in court. So articles from that same Austrian newspaper that are available at Austrian National Library say, quote, As the first witness today, Maria David was interviewed, who is the servant of the witch for 20 years. The prosecutor said, did your mistress give away the potions for money? And the witness says, yes, of course. Often ladies and gentlemen come in cars from Panchevo and Belgrade. The prosecutor said, did not Baba prepare magic potions against unwanted childbirth? The witness said, indeed, but they did not help. The girls and women came then, cried and complained that they had gotten magic powder, but rather dust. Baba demanded 100 to 200 dinners for such purchases. On this testimony, the state prosecution also accused Baba Anoika of fraud. But the defendant answers that statement with a loud curse. Dramatically, the commune mayor Vojosudin went ahead and told that soon after the death of Mikola Marmirov, there was an ample evidence that he was murdered. In the whole region, it's said that you can buy poison from Baba Anoika. 
At these words, Baba Anoika jumped up and wanted to challenge the witness, who was a gigantic, sturdy farmer, against whom her height hardly went up to his chest. Baba Anoika was shoved back by the judicial soldiers and screamed, quote, you're lying, you devil's thief, end quote. When the prosecutor asked for the witness's testimony, Baba Anoika rushed the court bench at the front of the courtroom, grabbed the hands of the presiding magistrate, and shouted, quote, Permit him to go to hell. Oh, my God. End quote. When the court administered the oath to the witness, the witch disturbed the proceeding with the constant shouts, quote, go straight to hell, you devil's brood, end quote. So basically this whole time that this prosecution is going on, Baba Anoika is going pretty fucking crazy. But people are also like, OK, she's 90 years old. Yeah. You yeah. know, like how seriously can we take a 90 year old? Like, does she even know what's going on? Around right. Her? Yeah. And at one point, she like literally gets up and like threatens someone's life and like starts beating on their chest. And they're like, OK, can someone please take this old woman and sit her down? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> The whole case rests on whether or not the potions are actually poison. So when the bodies of the deceased Lazar and Nikolai were exhumed and a doctor at the University of Belgrade conducted an autopsy on both bodies, traces of arsenic were found in both bodies. Oh. It seemed that the magic in the Bannett Witch's potions were very, very real. They were laced with poison. Several toxic plant poisons were probably used, but they're incredibly hard to trace. However, stramonium, arsenic, and mercury were detected in the potions. There was not enough poison to kill someone all at once, but there was enough to slowly weaken someone and make it appear that they just died from illness. Traces of poison were also found in Baba Anoika's home alchemy lab, aka her witch lab, confirming for the authorities her use and possession of the poison. When this happened, Baba Anoika would just pretend that she couldn't hear. So, like, she was super (laughs) old, right? So she would just be like, yeah, I can't hear. From the same article as above, quote, the public prosecutor who had carried out the autopsy on the body of Nikolai said that the old man had been poisoned by arsenic and that the, quote, magic potion given him by his granddaughter was nothing other than just a strong dose of arsenic. The custodian then showed Baba Anoika a vial that stood on the court table and it's filled with the residue of milky liquid and asked, quote, did you, Baba Anoika, sell this bottle to Sofia Mamarov? End quote. And Baba Anoika said, I know nothing. Maybe it's the foot medicine I gave to Stana. The prosecutor said, you've forgotten everything. Baba Anoika said, oh my God, I hear so poorly. I do not understand what the witness say. She took her headscarf off. She held it in her hand. She took it over her ear and over and over again said, it seems to me that I've become deaf. Oh my God. End quote. The prosecutor says, so far you've heard everything well, but you can't hear the unpleasant things. And the court erupted in laughter. The chairman notes that in June of 1914, there was a case brought up against Anna Pistova and a criminal proceeding that was initiated for accessory to, for accessory to poisoning. But the files mysteriously became lost. So remember in 1914, they like started charging her for murder but then they were like oh never mind yeah so the prosecutor brought that up and he was just like yeah you know i see that they hear in your file um someone brought up that like perhaps you were a murderer but like now the files are just missing uh it doesn't sound like a coincidence to me maybe baba noika cast a spell to make the paperwork disappear seems like it The prosecutor was pissed. They wanted the death penalty for everyone except for the 16-year-old because they thought that they should just have prison time instead. 
Seema and Sophia defended themselves against the prosecutor, and they maintained that they didn't know that the potions contained poison and that they just thought the magic was just that magic, right? They said that they believed in the sorcery and the supernatural abilities that Anna had. When Stana was questioned, she said she wanted to cure her late husband of his alcoholism and that she didn't know the potion would kill him. Olga, the 16-year-old, also defended herself, and she played dumb. She said she was a minor, and she had no idea the potion would kill her grandfather, and really played to her youth. But Sophia jumped in while Olga was on the stand. She said that she was lying that she didn't know the potion had poison in it. This is kind of sketch, in my opinion, because Sophia's whole defense is that she didn't know the potions contained poison. So why would Sophia allege that someone could know there was poison in them? Anyway, that's just Nat's free legal yeah. advice. No, that's great. You're you're totally right. Right? Like, if you're playing dumb, you just got to play dumb. Like, don't get smart at the end. Yeah, don't be like, she knew it would kill him, yeah. but I didn't know it would kill him. Right. That's, yeah. like, stupid. Baba Anoika just assumed nobody would blame her because she was 90 and she just figured she would get off easily. So Baba Anoika defended herself and was like, I've never sold a magic water or a potion in my life. These people are all haters. They say that I'm a witch. This is just a false narrative I never asked to be a part of. She said the whole case was a web of lies created by her sales agent, Yubina, who she called a, quote, lying evil snake bitch. Oh, my God. End quote. And she said that Yubina was trying to shift the blame for her own crimes onto an elderly lady. She really believed that she didn't do anything wrong. She thought that she was helping people in need. And Baba Anoika claimed that she knew medicine better than any doctor and that every medicine she ever gave was helpful. She said, quote, I am a benefactor to the poor and ignorant world, end quote. During the trial, like I said, if she didn't like a question, she just pretended she wasn't able to hear or she just wasn't able to understand that she was senile. And other times she literally tried to attack the witnesses. According to the same article, quote, when Sophia confessed, quote, I went to Baba and Vladmirovats because I heard you could get a drink from her. I complained to her and she cried with me and then she gave me the poison. End quote. At that moment, Baba Anoika jumped up and shouted, quote, you're a lying, nasty snake, you whore. The court, <laughs> end quote. The court officers supposedly struggled to subdue this old lady. And then Sophia went on to explain that she had paid Baba Anoika 5,000 dinars for one poison. And that statement caused Baba Anoika to, quote, rage, according to the article. Unexpectedly, after this happened, the chairman announced that the procedure would have to be adjourned as the proceedings had led to the suspicion that there was additional yet to be specified cases of poison murders to follow. So for the purpose of the courthouse, they adjourned and they would resume the hearing on July 1st. So Baba Anoika goes to prison because this trial is now going to go on a lot longer than they thought it was because now it seems that it's actually a lot deeper than everyone thought it was. And while Baba Anoika's in prison, someone came up to her cell and showed her images of the drawings from court in the newspaper. And I'm going to show you some of these drawings. Oh, no, these are not flattering at all. Um, so Natalia is showing me like courtroom sketches and she looks like a, a witch. just total witch. Yeah. And she's got like her headscarf on. They're drawing her with a long crooked nose. Right. 
Yeah, like uh, in picture, she doesn't look like she no. had that like witch's nose. Not at but all. they gave her that in the drawing. Yeah, she had like a. I would have said she had a small nose in the right. pictures you showed me. According to an article from a different Austrian newspaper, quote, today our special reporter requested the court's president's permission to speak to Baba Anoika in her cell during the break. The journalist showed Baba drawings and photographs made in the courtroom, and Baba Anoika looked at the pictures for a long time, moved to her mirror in the cell, and then said, quote, am I really that old and ugly? You know, doctor, that's because I have no teeth. The teeth I got in the prison are bad. They don't fit. The dentist was a bastard, but if I had good dentures in my mouth, I would be more beautiful and could marry again, end quote. On the question of the outcome of the trial, Baba only replied with a sincere wink, quote, I do not believe that I will soon go home. The judges will give me two years, although I'm quite innocent, end quote. And when saying goodbye, Baba Anoika requested that nothing bad be written about her. That makes me sad. That makes me sad that she, like, felt bad about about the courtroom drawings i know that she's a murderer and like i shouldn't feel bad for her but at the same time i'm like it, thinking of like any old person not feel good about themselves is very heartbreaking <laughs> on july 6th of 1929 baba was charged and found guilty of accomplice to murder and sentenced to 15 years According to the sources, when Baba Anoika realized that she was sentenced to serve five years minimum before parole, she rushed the court and shouted with her arms raised high, quote, I'm an innocent old woman. Where is the rumble? End quote. And when the other women on trial heard Baba Anoika's sentence, they were terrified of what theirs would be and wept and started freaking out and crying. Stana and Sophia were given life sentences. Stana's husband was sentenced to 15 years. The sales agent, Yubina, was sentenced to eight years. But Olga and Danica's charges were dropped. Quote, whining, crying, and struggling, they tried to interrupt the custodian. The man of Stana tried to calm his client, but was rejected by the woman as if madly mad. The very extensive verdict refers to the ominous activity of Baba Anoika, end quote. Baba Anoika, after being sentenced, said, quote, I've only helped poor people. I've given good advice and valuable medicines, but never poison. I have to call it. The king will know that I'm not guilty. So Baba, when she finds out that she's been sentenced, is like talking about how she's going to go talk to the king and he's going to like relieve her. Now, I don't know if that was like an actual thing or she was just like thought she could like would, is that the equivalent of me being like I have to go to Prince Charles like he'll be able to help me right. I don't know I'm gonna write a letter to President Biden to get yeah. out of my traffic ticket yeah exactly I don't know <laughs> but the prosecutor even after this was still unhappy with the punishments because the prosecutor wanted the death penalty for all of these people they've murdered a lot of people right so the prosecutor tries to appeal the decision and in November another trial takes place and at this time the death penalty was on the table so because of the new appeal Sophia and Seema who were getting life in prison, they broke under cross-examination by the prosecutor and admitted that they actually knew that the potion was poison, but everyone else kept their stories. So the new verdict gave Baba 15 years plus hard labor. Oh, wow. Stana and Sophia again received life. Sima increased from 15 years to life. And Yubina increased from 8 to 10 years. And after this, Baba Anoika was still like, okay, I'm going to go talk to the king. And here's pictures of her going to jail. Yeah, she just looks really old and tiny. And she's holding the hand of an officer that's like marching her into prison. Then there's a wow, she looks really bad there. I mean, 
just looks stressed out and like she's not eating well and like like liver spots yeah, all over her face. Yeah, she looks she looks weathered. I mean, she's like 92 at this point, right? Or something. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, these are sad. You guys go look at, at Let's Get Haunted to look at all these photos. They're old black and white photos of her wearing her like witch getup being marched as a prisoner, like in and out of court. And here's like the newspapers. And then Natalia is showing me a newspaper that has a drawing on the front of um, a like a bottle that has smoke coming out of it that with a skull. So like to represent poison. And then there's also like the drawing of these pictures that I was just describing. At 98, Baba was released from prison after only serving. She lived? Yes. It gets better. After only serving eight years due to her old age. Other sources believe that in the 1940s, she was allegedly liberated by the German army who had just felt bad for this old woman in jail. But other people say that she threatened to curse them if they didn't let her go. Oh, Some say that she moved into her father's old house and died years later at 104 years old. Oh, wow. And other sources said she lived to only be 100 and died in 1938. Many believe that she was a witch and lived so long because she was a witch. People were afraid of her even when she was in her old, old age. Some people in the town still talk about her and this historian named Mercea Maran. Um, I'm not exactly sure how to pronounce the name because all the other pronunciations I got from YouTube videos of people saying it, but this one, there wasn't a YouTube video. So sorry, guys. It's the man that's in all the photos of her home for this article. He wrote some of his opinions as a local historian and I translated them using this website on Google. So it might not be a perfect translation, but I think it adds something special. So I'm going to read it anyways. He says, quote, first of all, I want to underline that as a historian, I did not specifically deal with Baba Anoika and the details that I will present, unfortunately, are not supported by evidence, but they're at the level of village stories. Most of her victims were not from Vladimirovats, but from other places because she had a tavern in that village. So she probably didn't want to spoil her business. She inherited the tavern from her husband when he passed away. It's not known where she learned her craft, but there are indications that she attended a girls' school in Panchevo, which she left due to syphilis. When she recovered, she started making potions. In a way, she was self-taught chemist, and it's believed that she learned the trade from someone because there are a lot of herbalists at that time. It was the second half of the 19th century, and she lived over 100 years. Then you can only guess how long her career as a poisoner lasted. There are graves of her family members, but also of a young married couple who she poisoned way back in 1914. There were a boy and girl only 15 to 16 years old. It's important to emphasize that all of the world's media from Austria to Australia wrote about her. Unfortunately, her house was demolished two years ago when Anoika was sentenced in the late 20s of the last century. Her daughter sold the house to a family that moved to Canada. For years, the house was buzzing empty because buyers came only during the summer. Anoika was in prison during that time. However, when they released her, the new owners gave her a room where she died. There's even talk of her teething, allegedly, for the third time. When these owners also died, another family bought the house. However, the building was so full of moisture that it was impossible to stay in it for a long time. I personally saw that. End quote. Baba Anoika's legacy continues as being known as the world's oldest serial killer and Yugoslavia's first serial killer and the grandmother serial killer. According to some of those articles I translated, her followers, like her interns, were shot. Uh, one of the articles said that all of Anoika's students were shot in 1945. I don't know if that was a mistranslation, but it doesn't seem like it. <laughs> or, or like maybe they went to war. I, I don't know. Yeah. Or like maybe they were the 
prison was bombed? I don't know. And I also don't know what teething in that article meant. It's like she was teething for a third time and then other... She got new dentures? Yeah, I don't know. But that's the story. That's the story of Baba Anoika, the the Banat witch, the Vladimirovich witch. It's like... The first serial killer of Yugoslavia. The grandmother serial killer. That's crazy. I always forget that... Serial killer, I guess because it's like a fairly modern term. I always forget that serial killers have existed you know like as you're telling me that story i'm like oh it doesn't even cross my mind to call her a serial killer but that's what she was i know and it's weird because a lot of people like they talk about that about how it's like we really don't see her as like a serial killer even though she was a serial killer yeah straight up and i I don't they think it's like people have like uh, surmised that maybe it's because she was this little old lady but i also think it's the witch thing right? yeah it's the magic aspect it's the magic aspect makes it seem less like a serial killer yeah like we would wouldn't say that Voldemort's a serial killer no you know even though he killed a lot of muggles right. and a lot of witches and wizards right but since he did it with magic it's like a separate category in my mind right it's like he's just a witch yeah yeah like <laughs> he's, he's like a wizard he's just an asshole wizard he's that, an like, evil wizard yeah. yeah that uses his wand right <laughs> to like fuck shit up yeah and similarly Baba Anoika yeah I don't think of her as like you know, on the prowl right. looking for people to murder. It was more like she was an opportunist and just was like, yeah, you want to kill someone? Cool. I'm down to make money. Here's arsenic. Yeah. Well, it kind of makes me think like the fact that she was on like almost set to go on trial once before and didn't. It makes me feel like people really were really afraid of yeah. her. Yeah. And then one of those sources that like had an anonymous paper into the police that lets you know that people knew she was doing this, but they were afraid of her. Yeah. And like the rumor about how she got out possibly because she threatened to curse you know whoever was keeping her in jail and then they were like you know what she's so fucking old it's really not worth it for me to be cursed for the rest of my life she's gonna die soon let me just like let her out well was she like el chapo like she had all these people on the outside that were her interns she made a ass load of money like she if she said like oh i'm gonna curse you she could like probably tell like somehow communicate with her interns have them blend like a secret potion that she can like dose you with unexpectedly yeah she can get to people even when she's inside yeah that is really scary imagine if el chapo was magical Uh, like how terrifying would that be yeah i don't know it's also too it made me think of like witches historically as like a whole other thing like now i can understand why some people would be scared of like the village herbalist or someone who did witchcraft because they're right like they can poison you yeah they can do all this shit no that's yeah it's true it's like if you had a mob boss living next door to you Mm -hmm. and like you can't prove that they're doing anything wrong, but it seems like everyone around them is dying. Mm. And you're like, I know you're in the mob. Like, right. And, but this is the magic mob. Like right. she's consorting with the powers that be or the universe or nature in order to like have an outcome that would be negative to you. Yeah. I don't know. Like if I knew that my next door neighbor was a mob boss. I would not fucking testify against them in court. No. I would just be like, let me live my life, whatever. Yeah. Like, I don't want to even be involved. Right. Yeah. Not, yeah, not at all. I, yeah, it's very, very scary. I eat. I feel like this is a very good topic to begin the Halloween season with because right? what is more Halloween y than serial killers? 
<laughs> and witches. Right. So I think that this is really setting the tone mm-hmm. for the month. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Great work. Let me know uh, what your closing thoughts are. Um, I'm, I just keep going back and forth. Like, was she magical? Was she not magical? Well, think about like all that shit she did before she gave you the poison. Like she could have just given you poison, but like, no, you had to bring a hen, like a black hen and a white hen and you had to do the incense and the bells right. and all that stuff. Like, I, I think that she, the stuff had poison in it, but I think she really was doing some sort of spell spell or witchcraft or ritual. I mean, at the very least, she had amazing luck. Right. So was she making her own luck or was she just naturally lucky? You know, like she could have been doing magic to be like, hey, I'm going to poison these people and I want to stay out of jail as long as possible. Yeah. Or I want to get as rich as possible. I mean, she lived to be 104 years old in a time where she had syphilis. That, I can't believe that. Yeah, that bitch is magic because I don't understand. I too think like, oh, she had 11 kids and none of them survived except for one. Like she could have poisoned the children. Oh, I didn't even think of that. She didn't she kill her first husband? We don't know. It was like oh, it was alluded to, but there's no proof. Well, he was old. It said that it was a happy marriage, but then she became a widow and she who was old. But who the fuck knows? Like everything's called into question, right? Like maybe she was just like turning slowly into a witch and like actually became the devil's hand, and like the devil was like using her body to brew potions and kill people. We're not ruling it out. We're not ruling it out. We can never truly know. But if anyone lives in this part of the world and can like somehow see her ghost mm-hmm. wandering through the village, ask her. Mm-hmm. Ask her if she was really a witch or if like that title was offensive to her and she was just a serial killer. Which one's more offensive? Serial killer witch? Probably serial killer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But like, <laughs> but like, let's say you are a serial killer and everyone's just calling you a witch. Like, would you not feel offended that you're like, wow, you just think that like this is all I just like wave my hand and people oh, right. die? Like, don't no, minimize, this is hard work. Yeah, don't minimize the expertise that comes into the sharpening of knives. Right, right. And the hiding of evidence. <laughs> exactly, you know? exactly. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Like, if you're a very, like, it would be like, um, what was that guy that the Wolf of Wall Street is based on? Jordan Bell something. Jordan Belford. Belford? Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. What if people were like, oh, no, he wasn't like a very intelligent scam artist that like right. scammed his way to the top and like fucked hot women because of how charismatic he was. What if people were like, no, he's a warlock. Like, right. he's consorting with the devil. And that's the only way he could have gotten all this. Like, that'd be kind of offensive, right? Yeah. Well, I feel like that's what happens with certain demographics of people, you know, when like there's like racist stuff, you know, where you say like, oh, oh yeah, you could take. Yeah, you could also definitely go in a racist direction or a supremacist direction. Right. Like, this person's not capable of that. Or right. Whatever. Yeah. 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 Like, uh, like a lot of conspiracy theories boil down to, oh, these are people are reptilians or, oh, they're like aliens or oh, they're demons. Like, Dude, and you're kind of like minimizing their accomplishments. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, all I know is I would love to be an alien. So right. if anybody wants to accuse me of that. You'll um, start the rumor yourself. Yeah, I'm starting it right now. I have alien blood. Beam me up. Yeah, there you go. Beam yep. us up. BRB, gotta go find the largest mushroom in the forest mm-hmm. and ask my neighbor to take a photo of me. Bye. Bye.